I'm Allison Kulo. And I'm Doug Wells. Welcome to Mound Money on KPCW. We've got John Kenworthy, owner of Flanagan's on Main, here in the studio with us. And John's, John's been on Main Street long enough to understand the current tourist traffic and what the outlook might mean for the remainder of the ski season. JK, as he's known, joins us this morning to share how retail restaurants on Main Street fared over the last two holiday weeks. JK, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Pleased to be here. Before I get started, I do want to tip the cap to City Works. I think they've done an incredible job. You hear about all these cities and ski resort towns that are shut down. Well, our staff has done a great job. Tip of the cap to those workers. Yeah, and let's tip the cap to to the entire industry. You know, we are a a town that... uh, welcomes the world and we've been welcoming a lot of people and doing a great job so the whole town has done great and the traffic's been the traffic's been uh, pretty pretty large uh, and it's taken patience from the rest of us uh what are you seeing out there jk so as far as main street goes uh my neighbors and i have seen a record month and there's no secret to it it's the magic of snow. Not just a record month, but a record, record month, right? You were telling us yes. in the green room ahead of time, best ever December? Best ever December. And I know that uh, City Councilwoman Tana Tolley was telling me that Red Banjo had one of their best days ever last Monday. And uh, I know they're up record numbers for December. I know Shabu, Kevin, and the Boo Brothers are friends, and they shared uh, that they're having their best month. And then, of course, No Name just keeps being No Name, the bar that made Park City famous. (laughs) So let's just, you know, for for perspective's sake, you know, tell us what December typically looks like, what it's looked like over COVID, and again, like why you can clearly say it's the snow that's really driving this. So COVID, let's, let's start out with COVID. The first positive influence was that all of our second homeowners or 90% of them became primary residents. And then recently this spring, uh, the national government made a, a, a study on um, ranking every state on like six different categories, whether it's education, whether it's uh, mortality, whether it was um, uh, business shutdowns, the economics, and they blended all these. And to no one's surprise, Utah, number one in the country. People during COVID were voting with their feet more than ever. We had already been the largest growing state in the country. And we just, you know, exponentially rose with COVID. People came here. In Park City, we don't have a lot of density, but the surrounding uh, community does. Heber uh, was up over 50% their, their population, one of the top in the, in the country. And then you also have uh, Midway, 56% growth. So the growth that's happened here is enormous. Nobody could have predicted the wave, even though we were number one and Wasatch County had these growths, it just exasperated it. So this helped our business. Our businesses boomed through COVID, even though the restrictions were in place and we had less uh, occupancy. We just had more people in in times of the year where the, that we usually don't have people. And speaking of occupancy, um, last month, the Park City Chamber and Visitor 
Bureau came out with a projection, uh, and, and they were predicting, and I, I think the hotels have actually seen it, a 20% decrease in lodging reservation over the holidays. I know that surprised me when I read it. Did it surprise you, and how does that correlate to best ever December uh, for folks in the retail and the restaurant business? So it really did surprise me. As, as we all know, the, the traffic both inside the restaurant, the pedestrian traffic, and of course the dreaded automobile traffic was at all time worse. It's just painful. And I had the chance to uh, sit with Chief Carpenter day before Christmas, and we were talking about that week in the traffic, and he brought up a really good point, and that is that we aren't uh, allowed to monitor Airbnb. Now you take snow, record snow, and then you take the demographic that uses Airbnb and you say, Younger folks. here we go. Yeah, they're not, you know, the powder dogs, they're coming up <laughs> and they're not staying in our hotels. So, yeah, you have to stack everything together to get, you know, the, the reality of what's happening in our community. So while we may be seeing uh, lodging numbers go down as far as from those places that um, the statistics are pulled from, as you're saying, again, that, you know, those that are the last minute travelers are typically those that aren't booking in the Montage and the St. Regis. They are really looking for that quick weekend getaway. How many people can we get probably in a unit and getting out there on the slopes? Yeah, that's that's 100% right. And then let's remember these the, the new business model selling these all-you-can-eat passes. We are within a million people of an hour's drive here. So, I mean, you just got to keep stacking all these bricks to get a true view of what's going on. And super convenient from super the airport. Convenient. I think we're probably the largest big resort that's within an hour of, of a major airport. I don't know, but that's what I've, I've seen in our, in our ads and commercials. Um, so we've had a record December. What, what are you thinking, JK, for the rest, for the rest of the season? Are you, are you thinking we're going to have a record season as well? Yes. I think the snow gods love us. I can't wait to end this interview and get up on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. I mean, three feet of snow in two days. Yeah. So one of the things, let's go back, a, a lot of the businesses that you've been able to touch base with were um, restaurants and bars. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from things such as the retail businesses as well as the galleries on Main Street? Well, I do hear that um, the plaza business over at uh, PCMR is, is down, and I probably, the retail, not the restaurants, but I hear that from several you know, key retailers over there. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the paid parking. You know, a guy like myself, I don't snowboard. I stay away and ski Deer Valley. But when my nieces and my nephews and my friends, I, you know, go over there to lunch or I go over there to buy them something. And, you know, I came in at 1130, that, that option's no longer available to me and, and, and meet, with, meet with them around the lunch hour. So I don't know if that's particular, that's, that's my personal uh, thinking on it, but it certainly, it seems, I'm not sure how retail is from everybody I hear. I know the galleries are booming up here. I know the jewelry stores on Main Street are rocking it. I mean, we've, we see that demographic that's in town during, uh, Christmas week and they're rocking the high end retail on Main Street. 
you know, that's the good news and the bad news, right? I mean, I, I think there's the retailers and the restauranteurs that own the building that they're in, and then there's those that rent, right? And so, heads up, everybody, your landlord's listening, and, and he knows it's a record year. He or she knows it's a record year, too. So probably rent increases, which the nation has been experiencing, and I'm sure we're experiencing on, on Main Street. But what do, you, what do you think the future is of rents and the availability of a small business owner to open up a new business here on Main Street. Is that still feasible or has that day come and gone? It's, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, when I came to town 15 years ago and opened uh, Flanagan's, I had no idea about the seasonality aspects of it. And to have such a tight community and great neighbors like Jesse over at No Name, who really took me under his wing and Ronnie and really educated me and helped me. And I think we still have that on Main Street. I think Main Street is, yes, skyrocketed. You know, like the wealth gap here in town, like the average price of a home here. It's just, it's, it, you can't even say it. It's, it's oh, so troubling. But um, we still have that on Main Street. And I think the legal department up at uh, City Hall put in the, uh, what do we call that, Allison? The brand balance that we have on Main Street? What's yes. the technical term for it's that? It's going to come to me as soon as I start talking, but it, it's a chain ordinance. The chain ordinance. Yes. And I think it's worked beautifully. We put that in, what, about eight, nine years ago, okay. Allison? Yes. Allison was the executive director of the HPCA. I always thought she'd be really good at city council or mayor. Maybe she's still Maybe thinking someday. about it. Maybe huh? someday. Really? So. You're going to do this on the air. Um, <laughs> But let's get back to that. I think that's one of the things, you know, um, Park City's Main Street, we always want it to feel like Park City's Main Street. We don't want it to be something that you find in another town. And so trying to keep that balance of chain stores as well as still giving that room for mom and pop, because I think even Rhonda Sedaris was on the radio maybe a month ago talking about how for the brand stores, this is more, uh, the higher rents are seen more... uh, putting it towards their marketing budget versus trying to actually operate a retail store by selling what's in it and then paying the rent off of it. And so that was one thing that the merchants were extremely proactive about along with City Hall as far as how can we ensure that, you know, um, the true business model can work on Main Street. Really critical. Let's go back. The the two things that really brought me into service was the first and foremost was historic preservation. I was honored and really the most rewarding thing I've done in this town was chair that historic preservation board. The, the historic preservation of Main Street in our town is critical to me. It is such an economic driver and it goes back to my grandfather having been here a hundred years ago. So I think I think that's number one. And, and number two is the mom and pops. We have to keep the, the mom and pops. And again, I think City Hall in, in this area, both of these areas, has done a tremendous job. I applaud the, the friends that are still on the Historic Preservation Board. But that, that's what makes us different. That's who we are, and we have to protect that with all we have. The general plan calls out that the uh, Main Street is to remain the heart of the city. It's kind of interesting right now. We're going to have to stay on top of that one. And I know Rhonda and the people at HPCA are doing that and and really pushing because we have billion-dollar developments surrounding us now that want to keep, you know, their customers on 
they're at their casinos playing at the tables longer and not sending them off to Main Street. So those are those are issues that I know, you know, we as a community are aware of and hopefully that will remain a priority with the uh, legislators here. You know, JK, I moved here about 25 years ago and, and to be a lot of people have a lifetime plan to live in Park City. I was an accidental transplant to Park City. It just kind of worked out. I wasn't sure how I was going to like it, and I instantly fell in love with Park City, and I still love it just as much today. And the reason for that is that sense of community, right? I mean, we do view ourselves as a community, uh, and, and we have a mix of people that just makes this such a special place. I'm curious, you mentioned um, kind of sharpening your, your saw and learning your skills 15 years ago. Do you think a, a young J.K., could could come in and do what you were able to do 15 years ago. Could you still do that today? Well, quite honestly, it would be really, really hard. For you know, when I came here, my eyes got so big, and I saw opportunity. And of course, you know, now I regret not buying more. <laughs> but uh, uh, truthfully, it, it, it's going to be very difficult. Like you say, the rents are skyrocketing and the landlords have, you know, we're in Utah. It's a landowner-friendly state, and I'm not all against that. I am a developer and have, have found uh, my share of success here developing. Let me, and let me, take, a different, let me take a different spin on the, on the community. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you look at the next 15 years, yeah. what would you like to see us as a community do? How would you like to see Park City different and better 15 years from now? All right, I can't get in any trouble and talk about any pending applications on the Planning Commission, but I'll say this, and for the record, we live or die on the hill of transportation. The transportation has got to get solved. Transportation is the skeleton that we can build on with affordable housing, with so much here to serve these these new you know resort business models we have got to do some transformative uh transportation planning and do it now i think the opportunities are here i think the timing is perfect and i do believe that we have the ability to make major strides and solutions here and now taking kind of an alternative view on that If we were to improve transportation and if we were to be able to move people more easily into some of these areas, would we break what we have? Would we, would it not feel the same because now we've got more people here? Well, I think what we're talking about is we already, we're, we're over capacity. I mean, that's just a fact on our roads. Our roads are over capacity, so we have to transform it just to have the quality of life. We want to base everything on maintaining our quality of life. And as you know, Allison, having been in the planning department, a lot of times the general plan and the land management codes don't line up. And it's a, it's a cat and mouse game with developers to keep up and to try and keep the pillars of our community, protect primary residents and all those kind of things in sync. And I think we're really after it right now. I think the, the governance here is really on top of it. And I think we're going to be able to, to do it. But yes, we, you know, we're, I just told you about the growth numbers. 
those aren't going to change. Those are, you know, we're in a tidal wave. Yeah, we have to plan for it and, it, and it, and we live or die on the hill with transportation. Well, J.K., you and I were talking in the green room. We're both surfers, and, and <laughs> tidal waves can be a scary thing or they could be a hell of a ride. <laughs> there right? you go. And, there you and go. let's make sure that it's, it's, it's a heck of a ride. I like lefts. I want to be on that left shoulder. I'm, I'm, I'm goofy as well, so I'm a, I'm a left as well. So we've got that in common. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, we've... We have been talking with uh, John Kenworthy, also known here locally as J.K. He's the owner of Flanagan's on Main. J.K., thanks for joining us, and have a great afternoon in this powder. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure. Jackson Sterling grew up in the restaurant world and opened Sterling Steak and Lounge last year in Park City's new park development. Jackson Venue pairs live music and dining, providing a unique experience in our community. Jackson Sterling of Sterling Steak and Lounge is joining us this morning to talk about their first year in first business. Year. Jackson, thanks for coming on Mountain Money. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Jackson, so you're a self-described foodie with a family background in food and restaurants. Can you give the audience a sense of your background and, and what brought you to Park City? Well, uh, I, I don't want to take any credit where I'll start actually with my grandfather who was a kosher butcher in upstate New York and that's where he taught my father all he knew therefore my father taught me all I know and it made us fall in love with food it taught us not to waste anything it it's that thing that makes restaurant uh, one of the thing, very many things that makes a restaurant successful or not is controlling your food costs, controlling all of these things. Although, I'll jump back down to my father who started a place called the Canyon Club. These are 40,000 square foot concert venues and he jumped up to having 15 of them. I went through my entire life managing a couple of them. And over there, it's very emphasized that you have to control your food cost. And that's where, when it came into the food and restaurant business, I just kind of fell in love with it, if there's no other better way to say that. Falling in love with your work is a, is a great thing, particularly when you're third generation. It typically doesn't happen that you get three generations uh, that love the same industry. Is there something about your, your family that, that kept that tie strong, or do you think it has more to do with the industry? Sadly enough, I'd say it has to do with the amount of kids we have. I'm the uh, youngest of seven, and as if anybody who knows my family, as you see, I'm the only one left in the industry for it, where out of all of us, it was just I'm the one that fell in love with it. Every other person in my family actually became extremely successful just on the restaurant industry. Well, fortunately, your parents didn't stop at, at six, right? So number, yeah. <laughs> number seven came through. Uh, and, and, and Park City, hopefully, is uh, being blessed by that. Uh, I understand the Park City's uh, Sterling Steak and Lounge pairs not just food, but also live music. Um, and it's kind of a unique concept here for Park City. Tell us about the atmosphere that guests will find when they walk into uh, Sterling Steak and Lounge. So, you know, when I, if you've ever been in, you walk in, you see my front door before you even walk in. It's different all along that new park side. We did, we wanted you to kind of get your eye catched before you even knew where you were going. So, you walk in the building. We usually keep our vestibule doors so you can see into that lounge area. You get a direct view into the music. 
And we just, we wanted to be different. We wanted you to have two different things. We wanted you to walk in and just drop your jaw and go, wow, what is this place? I've never seen anything like it. While you have the live music playing, once we get you sat down, we're made for those uh, those date nights where you don't know what you want to talk about. So you have a talking point every single play look, whether you're looking at Kevin Cronin from Mario Speedwagon, uh, Hagar, uh, Willie Nelson, a- any of these people, they're all talking points, including all the guitars we have hanging up on the wall. They're meant to get you to engage not only with your partner or whoever you're with, but with my staff as well. We want to get you talking. We want to make sure you're having a just joyous experience. So again, as a guest, you know, the the experience is being there. The experience is being in the atmosphere. Tell us a bit about um, the food pairings and, and what people find on your menu. Yeah. So... Obviously, Sterling Steak and Lounge, I was one of those guys where while I was coming up with the name, I wanted to keep it a little bit simple and make sure you knew what you were getting when you're in there. So obviously, we do our steak very well. I, I, not, yeah, you know what? (laughs) We do it very well. I'll keep it where it is. But our seafood is just as good. Like the Chilean sea bass, oh, that is one of my favorite menu items I've ever had. Although we do serve everything a la carte, so I will have to say we're a bang for your buck kind of place where we're giving you 18 ounce ribeyes, 12 ounce fillets. We may be a la carte, but the amount of broccoli, asparagus, any of these items you're getting will fill you up today and fill you up in the morning after. So we want to make sure when you come in, you're not looking at my menu and going, oh, you know what? I don't want to be one of those places where I'm paying $68 for five ounces of food. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely a, uh, there's definitely still a segment that of society, myself included, uh, that wants something large uh, when they order. You talked about all the famous artists and the guitars that uh, you have on the wall, that you have on display that are talking points. Uh, how about local artists? Uh, they may not be on display, but are you weaving in local artists for the live music? And how important is local uh, to your firm? Locals a lot. We spend seven days a week having live music. So you can't just pull from outside. Uh, I, bringing it back, my father was one of those guys who was a part of House of Blues from the very beginning. And through that, and then through his concert venues, taught me very well, you need to connect with the local audience. So one of the first things I did here, and I have to give credit to these two guys, two names I'm just throwing out there. I feel bad if they don't want me to throw them out, but they're getting thrown out. Uh, Tony Oros and Rick Gerber. Those two guys did a lot of bookings for me in the first year and the amount of people they introduced me to and getting me out there to make Sterling's Take and Lounge known in the artist community was unparalleled and unmatched. And then even now, I use a guy named Andrekos Rowe, who surprisingly enough is one of my uh, assistant general managers, and it is fantastic. One of the things that he and I agree on are you're in Kimball Junction. You're getting more locals, especially throughout those seasons that are not winter. 
you need to have local artists. And from what I hear, the local artists do truly love playing us. They're getting a decent amount of tips. They're enjoying themselves while they're there. They love my staff. And that's kind of one of the things that will help make us successful as long as we're doing what we're doing and we're doing it well. As you've mentioned, you've got generational experience with regards to restaurants, food service, live music venues. What uh, what did you think was going to be easy when you opened up this venue? Uh, and, and what did you think was going to be hard that maybe became easy? Well, you know, the easiest thing for us was we are very into doing our own development, being there for the construction. So everywhere you see was designed by me and or Lance in just architectural standpoint, where the moment you walk in and thank God it's something I'll never have to change, you say, wow, you go, I love your decor. I love the way the atmosphere looks and feels. It's something we never have to change. You only have to maintain which that became easy it's off my plate one of the harder things for us i'd say is just jumping in from those places that they're busy year round to going into a seasonal mindset where you have to make sure you make all your money in winter or a decent amount of it and then you gotta hold on during those slower months but you know what i will say in kimball locals have made my life very easy I have repeat customers and locals. They really, they keep me going during those shoulder season months and summer to where I thought it was gonna be a hard finance time for us, but they've, they've made my life easy and I always thank them for it. That is so good to hear. Can you, as we end the interview today, let people know how they can find out more about Sterling Steak and Lounge? Yeah, of course. You just go on www.sterlingsteakandlounge.com or any of our social media sites. We're even on TikTok of all places. I'm not sure how it's going. I don't have TikTok surprisingly enough, but I heard that we do some uh, funny videos. But anyway, a lot of times we'll post on our Instagram or anything for updates, so always look there. And then we also have it on our entire music list on there as well. Glad to hear. We've been speaking with Jackson Sterling of Sterling Steak and Lounge. Jackson, thanks for joining us this morning. You've been listening to KPCW's Mountain Money. Do you love Mountain Money? Let us know. Leave us a review.